before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline continues to remain your number one place for all your betting needs and sports info as we head into the heart of Major League Baseball season. Head to their website or use your mobile device to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. What's going on? What is going on? How are you doing? Aside from my terrible sunburn, I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Did this come from the greatest of great American ballparks? Oh, yes. Yes, you know it. Uh, Yeah, I am severely burned on my legs. I have been uh, even sent home from work because my legs are purple now. So I have been chilling in my house. Uh, the last few days and i've just been oh that is brutal my fault, my fault. that's yeah. brutal oh my gosh yeah. it is oh. it has been uh it has been terrible my legs have been uh purple and i have been uh sitting i've been laying in bed with my uh legs kicked up for the last few days i'd say uh but uh you know i, I can't complain too much i have not really had a true day off where I'm just in my house chilling in like what well, feels like months because I've been out doing a lot of stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, at the same time, of course, I wish uh, circumstances were a little bit more different. I wasn't in total pain, but aside from that, I'm surviving. I'm hanging in there. So not too bad. Okay. I'm glad to hear that you're doing okay, despite the fact that your legs are a raw color of purple that makes it so that you can't stand up. But other than that, dude, well, also <laughs> you did it watching the shitty Cincinnati Reds, which I'll still say just... Yes. Gotta, yeah, lost 10 to 3 to the Dodgers. You need to stop doing that to yourself. Although I'm now matching your energy because I work at the radio station in Sacramento now. So I'm watching a ton of Oakland A's games and they are now worse than the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, I'm kind of matching that energy now of like three times a week. I'm watching the terrible Oakland A's of Tony Kemp and Christian Pache and Sean Murphy. And uh, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. But now we're matching energy of spending our summers watching terrible baseball. Right, right. I'm doing better. I'm not watching a lot of Reds on TV anymore. I've, I've gotten better at that. So I do think I am, uh, you know, recovering from what, <laughs> from what was before. But uh, still, though, it's still uh, <laughs> pretty bad. I'm still listening or, or trying to go to the games and I get the chance, of course. And it's still fun to go watch, even though there's like no one good playing for the Reds at all. I still enjoy you know going down there and having the ballpark environment. I won't mess on anyone for wanting to go watch baseball games. Baseball can be fun to watch in person. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. dump on anyone for wanting to go watch baseball games. Yeah. I still got good memories with them. So, and I've been addicted to ballpark peanuts. I don't know if I told you that last time I might've, but uh, it has been my jam. Like I have to go to the ballpark to get peanuts now. So that's been my, uh, my big thing lately. I need to, I need to do and what I want to do is go to other ballparks and go watch other games as well. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun, but I just don't have the money or the time right now to be able to go that far away to try to go to other games and stuff, obviously. So hopefully it's something in the future that I can look to do. How many ballparks have you crossed off on your list? Because you've given me two ideas now. Is the, the list of ballparks that you've attended and also uh, the best value bang for your buck 
meals at a, at a baseball stadium, but first, how many, how many different ballparks have you been to? So I know I've been to the Reds and Braves ballparks and then I've also went to, I believe was spring games because I have watched the Yankees and Dodgers play in a spring game, I believe, because it was definitely not a good stadium. It was definitely a smaller stadium and that was very little. So I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember that I did go watch them play. Uh, so if that's the case. It's just two, just two uh, actual MLB ballparks, which is a very small number, of course. But at the same time where I'm at, it's like, in the middle of nowhere, the only really close place to me is Cincinnati. So there really isn't many opportunities to go see other places unless I go to Pittsburgh or something like that. How far away is Cleveland from where you live? Uh, Cleveland's a good maybe five or six hours, I'd say. Maybe oh, seven. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Because wow. Cleveland, Cleveland's closer to Michigan than it is to West Virginia by a pretty large margin. Uh, they're in like the upper north part of Ohio. So I think pretty much go through the entire state of uh, West Virginia and the Ohio. And a good bit of Kentucky as well to get there. Oh, dang. Okay. I didn't realize that on the, the geographical map. So yeah, I guess Pittsburgh might be a little bit closer to you over in yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, yeah, they, 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 Cleveland's still a pretty big rival to Cincinnati, of course, since they're all, uh, um, you know, in the, in the same state, obviously. But in terms of uh, how far away they are, I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh's closer. And I, I could be wrong, but I believe Baltimore is too, uh, at least in the NFL standards. I think Baltimore's closer. Uh, the what Cleveland is. Cleveland's a little bit further out, uh, in the, at least in the uh, uh, geographical idea um, from some of their other rivals and things like that. So uh, it's interesting, but yeah. Sounds good. All right. Now bang for your buck ballpark. Cause we did the, the fast food ice cream segment a while back and that was very fun. So bang for your buck at the ballpark. I think the winner is those giant things of kettle corn. Cause they're only like $7. Oh, and, yes. and I think they're worth like two people can eat that and, and it's worth like a meal. True. So I think kettle corn is the winner, but then after that, I, I, I could be sold on different options after that. Cincinnati's got a thing that is, I mean, it's, it's still expensive, but for the amount you get, it's, I think, very worth it. They have uh, helmet nachos uh, mm-hmm. that are, I mean, like, it's a real life-size helmet. It's a legit life-size helmet. It's filled with nachos, literally nachos inside the, entire, the entirety of the helmet. I would say those helmets could feed about, I don't think there's a way I could finish those, those nachos myself. I'd say it has to be around three, maybe even four people who can eat those helmet nachos. And it's, it's, I think it's around 20 something dollars. So it definitely is expensive, but it's definitely worth, I think the, the price for it, considering how many people can eat it. Um, and, and, you know, that's, I don't know if other stadiums have that kind of meal, but I know that I've saw many people in Cincinnati have that. Uh, and uh, I, I know that's a big popular thing that, that's there in Cincinnati and it's pretty cheap. Okay, so San Diego's signature like food that we do you know how everyone talks about like crazy ballpark food? San Diego's version of that is basically tri-tip nachos, which is like you get barbecue sauce, sour cream, meat, chips, melted cheese, all that stuff. So it's like really loaded nachos. And it's like, I think 17, 16 or $17. I haven't been to the San Diego stadium more than like once since the pandemic. So I, I think... I think it's probably the last time I was there was around 16 or 17 bucks. So I think nachos are pretty good there too. Like they're not, they're not as big as the helmet nachos. I've seen the helmet nachos at like, um, I went to San Francisco last year and I saw the helmet nachos. So like, I get the, the idea of like taking an actual, like major league baseball players helmet and putting nachos in it and then giving it to you as a souvenir. But 
I'm guessing you're paying the extra $4 for the plastic helmet also. Probably. I'm guessing it's yeah. about the same size. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're probably right. Yeah, the, the helmet does, uh, I think, uh, probably increases value a little bit. It definitely is. They also have helmet and ice cream uh, and stuff like that there. And that is a lot more expensive. And it's a lot less ice cream than what you would think it would be. So, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, so, I, I'm assuming it's probably yeah. a little bit more extra with that. Worst value is the ice cream sundae at the San Francisco Giants Stadium. It's like yeah. a cup and it's like $13. I'm so upset yep. by that one. I irrationally yeah. upset about that. But yeah, it's, I, I think it's the same. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to make a joke. It, we can put it on a poll. If, if it comes in a helmet, is it a good value? That pretty much feels like the, the conclusion we're coming to here. Yeah. Yeah. Helmet ice cream Cincinnati definitely, I think, the worst value. I mean, it is some of the best ice cream ever. I love soft serve ice cream, obviously, and be able to make a little sundae out of it's really good. But uh, literally, like, I mean, I'm a pretty basic person. Last time I went, I just got a plain uh, swirl uh, ice cream just in a helmet, and that was like 15 bucks. And I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, like just like a little cup of ice cream. I can get more at McDonald's getting a Frosty or getting a, a Blizzard or whatever. Uh, for like three dollars, you know. So obviously, it's a a much bigger difference in, in, in terms of prices there. So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it's probably the worst bang for your buck item is is probably the ice cream or uh, maybe even like um um. I think see, I think now it sucks because I love ballpark hot dogs, but I think now ballpark hot dogs are getting really expensive too. Uh, it costs mm-hmm. like I think seven bucks, maybe six six seven. I think seven dollars normally for just a plain ballpark hot dog now which is like really disappointing uh because i love those and i really don't want to pay seven bucks for three or you know 21 bucks for three of them right because that's like one of them's not enough so mm-hmm. uh yeah it's tough so i would probably say those two are probably my uh my top options for least bang for your buck you're not gonna find cheap hot dogs anywhere now like i've i've seen there's one yeah, place where i live that has that. like unique like hot dogs whatever like that but uh, they uh, hot dogs are like eight dollars each now or nine dollars each. It's just it's you're not going to find cheap hot dogs anywhere except for those people who sell them as vendors outside of stadiums after big sports events. I, this might just be yeah. more of a California thing, but the if they're vendors outside your stadium, they like load onions and peppers and ketchup and mustard on a hot dog for like ten bucks. I think those are pretty good. The the grilling outside the stadium hot dogs are are a plus in California. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, like street hot dogs, like things like that is what you're talking about, I guess. Like we have like a little, like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's much Cincinnati is what it was in California, but you might have someone that's outside grilling hot dogs or maybe like a, like a, uh, little, um, a shack, uh, like a bus kind of thing comes in and has like, they're grilling in the back and things like that. Like they'll have like little, uh, uh, trucks and things that are coming in and, and they're selling those are always the best though, because they, they are always so unique. They put like a load of flavor and seasoning and, and different like toppings stuff like that on their hot dogs or whatever they're had like nachos too and stuff like that and it is fantastic i know i had one uh that had like i mean it was nachos but it was still i mean the same kind of same gist they put like pulled pork on top of it had like barbecue sauce poured over it uh loads of like they had lettuce tomato onion uh had like this like I don't, I don't know if it was ranch or what it was, but they put a, they drizzled it over and it was like loaded with a bunch of different stuff and it was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, and that was, an, that, that was probably cheaper than most foods in Cincinnati's ballpark. So uh, I can't lie. I was, I'm really happy with like some of those things. Usually that's what we'll try to do before a game so that we're not totally hungry when we go inside a ballpark to get something to eat beforehand. 
Um, and uh, hopefully that'll work. But I always always have to go back and get peanuts, and maybe some ice cream or something else like that because I'm obsessed. So <laughs> that, that's always the move. I like being the person who feels like they're they're stealing from the the sports team. Is like I can get tickets for eight dollars and not buy any of their food and not buy any of their water, and I can get an entire event for like less than twenty dollars, like <laughs> what I make for an hour of work. Like oh. That's a, that's a great deal. It's a great idea. It's, I just, it's, it's interesting how that works out where the people who get the cheap tickets are also less likely to spend. I'm always for going to the ballpark experience, but the thing I've concluded is that hot dogs, you're just not going to find them very cheap anymore. That's kind of the thing that I've concluded is if you hot dogs, just it's better to just buy something else. Right. Regardless. Yeah. It's disappointing, but you're, you're probably right. I, I don't think it's, it's much of a, uh, much of an, it, but it's sad though because that's such a staple of a ballpark, you know. Like everyone, worry, everyone thinks about like what kind of ballpark hot dog they have. So as depressing as it is, you you probably are right. I think at this point now, um, if you really really want to go out cheap and have a good time, you probably want to get something else at the ballpark. Kettle corn, I'm telling you that kettle, that giant bag of kettle corn is only like seven dollars. It it's it's the best bang for your buck yeah. you're gonna get. Like any ballpark. Football stadium also this this qualifies for that too. Although one time I went to a football game, it was like twenty dollars for one of those things. I was surprised by Ooh. that. But normally kettle corn's a bang for your buck type of purchase, and it'll yeah, see, last for like me, two innings. It's weird. I, I don't know if it's a, a Reds versus Bengals thing, but for me, at least in my experience, is the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals uh, concessions are always cheaper. I feel like and more bang for your buck than Cincinnati Reds are. I don't know if it's because you know, I mean, I really don't know. I, I think if anything, it should be higher because the Cincinnati definitely needs more money in their football team than other NFL teams, obviously. But, um, you know, for some reason, like they have like this, uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it. I guess it's just Buffalo chicken tenders, uh, basically. But they're also like, uh, you, you know, you can put them on a sandwich, you can put them on the side and have like toppings on them and things like that. And I mean, it is fantastic. And I, I was shocked to see like it was only 13 bucks. And I was like, I feel like that's really cheap for for what they're asking for that. Cause like, it's, it's like, it's like a full meal. It's like legitimately like eating dinner. is what it feels like. So the fact that I only got that for like 13 bucks at a ball game, I was like, okay, I'm pretty, pretty happy with that, obviously. So I don't know if it's just a football thing versus a baseball thing, but I know they, they're also sponsored by completely different concessions. Like, um, uh, uh, if, you know, for people who know skyline in Cincinnati, of course, uh, the reds have skyline, the, uh, Bengals have gold star chili. They're essentially the same thing, but they're competitors, obviously. So, uh, it's a little bit different. So obviously that's kind of the case for all the little concessions instead of ballparks, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see how, um, how like, uh, the prices are always, I guess, a little bit different. And, uh, normally in Cincinnati, at least for the Bengals, it's normally cheaper and better in my opinion. You know, Skyline's like a famous chili place in Cincinnati, right? Like this is like yes. one of their yeah, things. Exactly. Okay, so I had never ever heard of this place until the Bengals made the Super Bowl. And then like every the whole week of Super Bowl week, people were talking about, oh, Skyline Chili, Cincinnati, oh, whatever. I was like, I've never heard of this place. And, and then I'm hearing it every single day for like five days straight while I'm consuming like all the Radio Row Super Bowl content. I who's the guy, uh who, who's the old uh, talk show host who used to be the mayor of Cincinnati? I'm trying to remember what that was now. Is it old talk show host? Is it is it Maury Povich? I don't know which person it is. It's one of the two. Uh, but anyways, I now maybe it wasn't him. I'm trying to remember who it is. But uh, oh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. That's who it was. Um, oh, okay. Jerry. 
Jerry Springer used to be the mayor of Cincinnati. Fun fact for people who didn't know this. But every time he did an interview, it was just like, oh, Skyline Chilies. Every radio show, that's like the one thing they knew about Cincinnati. And I just I thought that was weird during Super Bowl week because that was the only thing they knew about Cincinnati and they wanted to mention it on the air. Yeah, I mean, so don't tell any other Cincinnati people this, but I feel like it's kind of odd that this is like their big thing that they kind of write home about in Cincinnati. Like it's good. And don't get me wrong, but it also at the same time isn't like anything to really write home about. And I mean, like I, I definitely enjoy it, but essentially it's just a very over glorified chili cheese hot dog. Basically is what you're getting from a skyline or a gold star. Um, the chili is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It is great. I highly suggest that you go try it if you go to Cincinnati, but at the same time, I think there also are other restaurants and places like La Rosa's Pizza, for example. So good. I love La Rosa's uh, and a bunch of different like local restaurants that are also fantastic at the same time. And I would say that are just as good as Skyline. So Skyline gets all the glory, I guess, because of the, uh, the publicity they get from being sponsored by the teams uh, as well as Gold Star. Um, but in reality, I mean, like it is it is over over. Uh, over glorified a little bit i think i don't think it gets us i don't think it deserves you don't want to say it call it overrated call it be sacrilegious to your hometown and call it overrated (laughs) yeah it's it's not though because i if someone takes me i'm not like gonna like reject it you know what i mean like it's one of those things like i'll eat it obviously um it's just not like i think now that i've been to cincinnati hundreds of times obviously it's not gonna be my first go-to choice whenever i go down there Okay, so you you treat this the same way I treat potato chips, which is like potato chips are good. Like, of course, I'm going to eat them. But if I'm ordering a meal at a restaurant, I'm just going to skip the chips and drink. Like, I just I'll take my sandwich or I'll take my whatever without the chips or the drink because it's like it's fine. But I'm not like actively seeking it out. That's kind of where you are with your your famous Cincinnati skyline is like it's good, but I'm not actively seeking it out. Right. I mean, there's just, there's better things around in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like it, it's kind of like one of those things like, well, how about we go to Skyline? It's like, okay, we can, or we can go to this place. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of how it is for me. Uh, but I definitely still like it and I will never deny it if I get it. It's just, uh, it's never my first choice anymore, I feel. And I, I will say I haven't eaten Gold Star in a long time and I have heard great things from Gold Star, so I may have to try it again. But, uh, you know, I mean, for people for people who haven't tried Skyline, it, it is a lot of cheese, a lot of cheese, and uh, it takes some adjustment, I think, because uh, it's almost too much. I feel like sometimes, so I have to, I have to, you know, be careful. Um, but uh, at the same time, I mean, it is very, very good. Um, they don't even have a menu there at all. Like you just tell them what you want, and they'll get it for you, basically. So uh, because pretty much everyone just wants conies, that's pretty much the entire idea of Skyline. Um, but, uh, they also have like, uh, two ways, I think in three ways and five ways. Uh, those are also pretty good. I think that's probably in my opinion, better actually than the overall conies. But, uh, um, you know, I'm doing a breakdown of skyline today because I'll be doing that. <laughs> it is, it is, I mean, it's, good. it's not it's like, right yeah. Home. It's not like there's anything actually interesting going on in the world of sports, except for the fact that I literally just opened the, uh, the internet right now and saw DeJounte Murray just got traded to the Atlanta Hawks. So, you know, spoiler alert to people. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. I'm trying to figure out. I love when this happens. So uh, anyways, DeJounte Murray just got traded to the Hawks. Your thoughts, Blake Jude, immediately breaking it down on the podcast of basketball trade season. <laughs> you know you know what? Um, I actually, you know, I, I do watch quite a bit of basketball. It's not like I can, I can break this down a little bit. Uh, 
I, I do I do understand where the, the Spurs are coming from, I guess. I don't think they are really planning on having DeJounte Murray be a part of this rebuild completely. Uh, and so I do get the idea that maybe this just isn't a good fit for him and they wanted to get his value out is the highest. So three first-round picks is a lot. You know, that's, that's a lot of first-round picks. Oh, shit. Is it three? Oh, my God. Oh, what? wow. Oh, three first-rounders and a pick swap. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so they, I think in terms of value, you can make a good argument that they actually win this because they are giving, I mean, they are getting a lot in return. Uh, and, th- and this is a rebuilding team, you know, and, and there is a big question mark on whether or not Gallinari is going to be the guy that they want to rebuild around. Uh, and, and though I do think he's a very, very good player, I don't know if he is going to be that guy that you want to rebuild around completely. So, uh, you know, I actually don't hate this move for the Spurs. I feel bad for Pop, obviously. I do think that he needs uh, a chance to, um, you know, be able to have a, a team around a full team around him again because he is such a great coach. He's obviously going to make them a lot better than what they actually are. Uh, and unfortunately, he just does not have that opportunity. Um, and so I, I do feel bad about that. But at the same time, I do think this is going to be a move in the long term that we look back on and say, maybe this is the Spurs win because I really do think that they are um, a team that is in need right now of, of acquiring a bunch of picks and being able to go out and use them uh, to hopefully uh, get some good prospects in the draft. Uh, as so for the looks, Spurs, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh. As for the Spurs, I do think Devontae Murray is a very, very good compliment to Trey Young. Um, I'm talking about another guy who can handle the ball on the backfield and is a much better defender, of course, than what Trey Young is. He could be the guy that guards the point guard um, and, and plays uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the one. Um, and maybe he gives Trey Young some opportunities to be able to go out and uh, play off ball a little bit, which might be a little interesting to see how well he can play off ball. So it will be interesting to see how he plays as a two guard next level. I do think he's very capable of doing so, and he's a very good compliment to Trey Young. So for a win now team like the like the Atlanta Hawks, they can get John Collins to come back. This is a good move. So it looks like they're getting the 2023 first from Charlotte, 2025 and 2027 firsts from the Hawks to the Spurs. Spurs get a pick swap in 2026. Wow, that's interesting. I would not would not have guessed that that would be the move for San Antonio is you know, full teardown after four years of trying to fight for the playoffs. You know, what's funny is I made a, um, I made a little like docu-series for the Spurs SB Nation page and it literally got released today. So I wonder if that's good or bad for business is that the biggest trade for the San Antonio Spurs happened right as I made an article for their page. So it's an interesting little dichotomy there, but I'm, I love when, I love when news breaks live on the air because um, th- th- with podcasts, you, you never, ever get like live breaking news moments like that. So, and even it's not going to be live for the people listening, but when we did our radio show with, uh, our buddy Martez, he, he worked at open talk radio and we did a weekly show and literally for our season premiere in 2021, it was the, the hour that James Harden got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So I just loved the idea of like news breaking live on the air. I know this isn't live for the people listening, but I'm like real time trying to figure out the details of this DeJounte Murray trade. It's kind of fun. I also like that you said it was the Hawks backfield instead of the backcourt because you got that, 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 yes. that football analysis yeah. right in there. It was really great. I was like, ah, yeah. he's, he's got the football brain going and I like it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? In the years of talking football, you just get used to it. I'm at backcourt. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I like it. No, it's, it's fine. I like the idea that we're breaking this down like a football team trade and talking about which contract at which value position and such like that. Okay. So looks like the Hawks have 
the Hawks are doing the thing that I yelled at them for years to do, which is get a second star to pair alongside Trey Young. They actually did it. Good job, Atlanta. You did a really good trade. Even if DeJounte Murray's like a fringe all-star, good trade. I think DeJounte Murray is going to be a pretty good fit for, uh, uh, for the Hawks as a whole. Now, I do wonder, like, is he, is he enough to really use the next level, right? I, I, don't, I don't know how much better the Hawks are getting necessarily in this trade, even though I do think DeJounte Murray's an upgrade over Danilo Gallinari. But um, I, I also at the same time, like, I, I, I do think that uh, – in the long run, I mean, how what is this going to do for the team? You know, I mean, is this going to make this team go from a team that loses in the conference or divisional round to a potential NBA Finals team? I don't see it yet, um, but I mean, that's something to watch. Have to wait and see. Obviously, maybe Trey Young takes another step here soon, and he becomes even better, maybe, uh, and maybe that's what rises them to uh, contention. I think it means they don't have to play in the play-in round anymore think that's a that's a bonus point for yeah. them they they don't have to play in the play-in round every year they're at least one of the five or six best teams in the eastern conference now and i guess that's better than they were last year and about where they were two years ago when they took that extra step and you know the 76ers collapsed in a one in 778 blowing 225 point leads and they got to the conference finals so you know they're pretty good but again like DeJounte Murray's probably better as your number three if Trey Young's going to be your number one. So I guess they're they're trying to find someone else, but they gave up a lot of draft picks to make it happen. And that's fine. I think they'll they'll overpay in draft picks to get the second star. I think that's a pretty good move. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, obviously they're not going to do much with rookies now, considering they really don't need them. They have a lot of young talent already on the roster, so it makes sense for them to give up the picks that they did. And and to be fair to them, I mean, it's a lot of late picks as well. You know, it's not anything like uh, crazy early. As I mean, uh, in terms of year, um, 2025, 2026, 2027, you know, these are these are later picks down the line. So hopefully by then they are already, you know, they have a good enough roster to where maybe those picks are going to be in the 30s instead of being in the teens or 20s, obviously. Exactly the point is that they can kick the can down the road and basically add a second star. And they can always trade DeJounte Murray later, even if it's for less than what they traded him for. Cool. Uh, I mean, again, it seems like most of the big free agents have moved already. Jerry Lynn Brunson's going to the Knicks. Beal's going to resign. Levine's going to resign. Uh, yeah, NBA. Breaking news talk, San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio is such an interesting franchise. Such, a, I mean, obviously I'm telling a story about them, but it's just such an interesting team. It's such, I mean, they get Gallinari now, like whatever, that's just a, a piece, but San Antonio is so interesting. So interesting to see what they're going to do now. Yeah, I wonder who's going to be their leading scorer now that DeJounte Murray is uh, not going to be there anymore. I, I do I do uh, find myself curious to see where that next big option goes. Gallinari. I mean, like, <laughs> is, is it Gallo? I mean, that's crazy if it is. I mean, that's horrible. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like, um, I mean, you got a couple of other young talent there, like uh, a young Josh Primo, a young Keldon Johnson, a couple of other guys who are pretty you know, noticeable prospects that are uh, have been playing pretty solid for that team. So I am interested to see uh, if there's uh, any kind of maybe risers now that they uh, don't have uh, – Another obviously they're going to be losing their their leading score by a wide margin. Yeah, they're gonna. They're. I mean, they're moving out of the purgatory of being like the tenth or eleventh seed, and I guess moving towards tanking. I guess that's kind of the move. Which, as I've said, is always a good move. I think if you're wanting to get better in the future, obviously, right? 
Mm -hmm. It's just interesting that they go from being the dynastic team to, I mean, they did get great value on DeJounte Murray. They spent a late first rounder on him and flipped him into Gallinari and a bunch of firsts. So like power to them there. They just, they don't have a star player. And I guess that's what they're trying to accumulate in the draft now. And now it's even more so the case, which is what I'm saying. Like they're telling Popovich to turn the lights out on the, (laughs) turn the lights out when you're done. And uh, I guess it's even more the case now because they're going to the bottom of the lottery. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do hate that this is like because I mean, I, I don't know how many more years pop is going to be in the NFL or in the NBA. Well, wow, I'm really in football <laughs> mode, uh, but uh, I'm not too sure how many years is going to be left in the NBA. Um, and, and I hate to see that they're using these years to rebuild now. Like, if anything, I think you should do pop a service and get a bunch of stars and try to make this team uh, click and maybe try to go and contend for another championship. But uh Unfortunately, I just don't see that happening. Um, in a perfect world, you know, Kawhi Leonard or someone like that came comes back, or <laughs> they get Demar Derozan to return. But obviously, it just looks like at this point they're wanting to take a few years to come back and rebuild. And I hope Pop stays around. I hope he stays around for whenever they try to be good again. Hopefully, they get a couple of stars through the draft, maybe through trades and free agency. Uh, maybe in like 2025, 2026, we start to see the Spurs become more of a contending team. Yeah, I guess so. But that seems like a long ways away. It's quite strange. Uh, we do have uh, some other news on this front, which is more just for you and me specifically in our podcast universe. We have uh, the news coming in yesterday that the ACC Coastal no longer exists as a concept for content and many jokes across many years. Uh, beginning in 2023, there will no longer be divisions in the ACC conference. And I am, uh, I'm, I think I'm glad that we can retire the ACC coastal content that they can retire coming off a season where 57% of the ACC finished with either five, six or seven wins. I think this is a, this is the way that the conference should go out is with, you know, walking off of that last season of ACC coastal beating each other up. And, uh, I'm, I'm, Happy that they gave us as much content as they have over the years, but there are, there will be no more conferences or no more divisions in the ACC, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I kind of find it hard to find any team in the ACC that would consider this a loss. I feel like everyone is happy with this move, I would say. You know, we, we still get the big <laughs> division rival games. We still get North Carolina Duke, obviously. We still get a lot of the regular uh, opponents that we're used to seeing in the ACC, obviously. Uh, it's just instead now we don't have to have the ACC Coastal to sit and laugh about forever. Uh, we do uh-huh. get a lot more, I think, balance in the divisions. Um, and overall, I think this is going to be a very, very good indication of finding truly who is the best team each year in the ACC. I think this is going to give us a much better idea in that uh, as a whole. So I, I do think I think this is great for the ACC. I think this is what should have been done. I think this is what the SEC should do as well. Uh, I think that I don't know if they're going to be heading in that direction, but if I was the SEC, this is what I would be looking to do. The exact same thing is just finding three regular opponents for each uh, school to play against uh, and then having the conference just become just a total conference instead of it being divisions. Um, but we'll see how that works out. I, I do. I am interested to see if this maybe follows up by other or I want to see if other um, divisions uh, end up following up on this and doing kind of something similar. Uh, Cause this just feels like the direction that everyone's trying to head right now is the, uh, more flexible, um, you know, just regular conferences instead of inner divisions. 
Uh, you said there are no losers from this uh, equation. There is one pretty significant loser coming out of this one. And uh, okay. So for people who, who don't know, so basically you play three teams every single year, and then uh, you play the other 10 teams on a rotating panel of five every year. So you play each team once every two years, basically. Um, one team in the ACC, there are three teams that they have to play every year now are Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville, which I know that Florida State's down bad right now. And Louisville, you know, they went to like two and 10 and fired, uh, fired Bobby Petrino. But like, if you're arguing who are the three best ACC programs of the last 10 years, it's probably Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville. So which of the teams in the ACC do you think has to play those three teams every single year now? See, I, I, I looked at all these beforehand, so I feel like I should know this one. Um, okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not Miami. Is it? No, it's not Lake Forest either. Uh, oh gosh, I'm overthinking this probably. Um, I'm gonna say I'll just go with Miami. I guess that's not it's not Miami. It's Georgia Tech, the team that Georgia also Tech, has to right. play Georgia every single year. So they have to play Georgia, Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville every single year now. While Wake Forest gets to play like Duke, NC State, and Virginia every single year. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's unfortunate for Georgia Tech. It's also their fault that they schedule uh, <laughs> Georgia, right? So, I mean, that's just kind of their, uh, their own fault. But I feel just, like, you know, we'll see how much better Clemson is this year. But that's not, like, totally, like, horrible next year, I think. I mean, Florida State's improving. I would say Louisville's probably hopefully improving. They, they really can't get much worse. So, uh, and I feel like Clemson might be improving a little bit. So, we'll see how that works. But I do think that. Uh, not all hope is lost for uh, for Georgia Tech fans because it, it is a pretty bad uh, group of teams this upcoming season, at least. I mean, Georgia Tech's a pretty bad group of teams, but Georgia Tech yeah, is also yeah. Georgia Tech's also really bad, and I I've argued now, and I'll re- reiterate like. You know how Clemson plays South Carolina every year, and Georgia plays Georgia Tech every year. Just just flip that up. Just have Georgia play Clemson every year and have South Carolina play Georgia Tech every year. It won't feel as good in the rivalry. It'll just make everyone happier. It'll it'll right. make it'll make everyone better off for it as long as you just switch that rivalry up. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I like that idea. I'm totally good in signing off those papers and watching Clemson Georgia every year. I will take that instantly because those South Carolina Clemson games are so boring. I have not genuinely sat down and watched any of those games unless I absolutely have to <laughs> because I just know how those games are going to end up. Um, but maybe this year might be a little bit more interesting to see Spencer Rattler go out and play against uh, DJ Ungalele and uh, uh, and the uh, Clemson uh, Tigers. So uh, that might be a little bit more interesting this year. But right now, uh, not really. I'm not, not very interested in that one bit. <laughs> Let's see the, uh, the history of the Clemson, the recent history of Clemson versus South Carolina. Um, Last year, 30 to 0 Clemson. <laughs> Obviously, Clemson wins all these games, but let's just recent history 30 0 Clemson, 38 3 Clemson, 56 35 Clemson, 34 <laughs> 10 Clemson, 56 7 Clemson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's just bad. 
it, yeah, it's 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 literally brutal to watch. Like it, like you can't help but just feel bad for for the uh, I mean for South Carolina sometimes because like they're going into this like just absolutely just understanding that hey we have no chance we're just going to give a year to get blown out, <laughs> which is like kind of sad for an SEC team of all teams to go out and do. But uh, I mean, I guess I can't judge them too much though. I mean, I, I guess this helps their outdoor program in the long run, but. Uh, I, do, I do think it is pretty brutal that they have to go out there every single day and just get hammered <laughs> or every single year and get hammered once. I know this joke doesn't work anymore because Michigan obviously beat Ohio State last year, but in the time between Michigan beating Ohio State, uh, South Carolina beat Clemson five times and Georgia Tech beat Georgia three times somehow in the span between Michigan beating Ohio State for whatever it was, a 14-year drought. <laughs> I, I still can't believe that's a thing. It's it's ridiculous how, uh, like, I know we made the jokes about Ohio State, Michigan. It's ridiculous that Michigan went so long without being able to beat Ohio State because, like, as bad as Michigan was, they weren't as bad as Georgia Tech. They weren't as bad as South Carolina. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that, that is that is absurd. It, it feels like Michigan, Ohio State's a lot more even of a rivalry than what you actually give them credit for. Yeah, it took Michigan so many years for uh, them to be able to actually defeat Ohio State. And that, that just goes to show how dominant Ohio State is. I mean, imagine, imagine if Ohio State got a South Carolina or a um, – I mean, or a um, – uh, Georgia Tech every single year. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a debate. Like every single game would be a blowout. Um, and and for somehow for Georgia and and uh, Clemson, there's just that one game every. I mean, it's still been like what twenty years ago, maybe fifteen. I don't remember exactly when was the last time some of the, uh, Georgia Tech beat Georgia at least. Um, but uh, uh, I, I'm assuming it, it it was quite a bit ago. But at the same time, I mean, it just shocks me that that even happened because of how how spread out those programs have been. What it feels like for so long. In fairness, the last time Georgia Tech beat Georgia was 2016. In fairness really? to Georgia Tech. I okay. believe that was Kirby Smart's first year, if I remember correctly. Wow. I, yeah. Georgia Tech also won in 2014, which if you may not remember, that was Georgia Tech's turn in the rotation to win the ACC Coastal during that uh that seven-year okay. stretch that seven teams won the ACC Coastal. 2014 was Georgia Tech's turn in the rotation. Uh, Georgia Tech won in 2008, and they have not beaten Georgia the rest of this sec- this century. Okay, so just just those three times, and that's it. Okay, yeah. So Georgia Tech made two point. Orange Bowls, though. Like I think one of those years they were actually pretty good. So one of those they've years. actually managed to win that many games. Um, like in Georgia, though. I mean, it takes a lot of SEC teams a lot longer than that to win those games against Georgia. So uh, that's impressive. <laughs> well, we can do the flip side of this also, which is that uh, Georgia has, outs- in the last four meetings since Georgia Tech beat uh, Georgia, Georgia has outscored Georgia Tech by a combined margin of, I'm trying to do the math real quick here, 180 to 28. Oh, my God. Oh my God. There's an average of 38 games. points a game. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, that's not even close. That's like, what, five to seven per game? For that reference, uh, the Citadel was only 35 point underdogs against Alabama. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It is uh, an average defeat of 38 points last year. (laughs) We can dumb it down to the last two times they've met too. the last two times they met. It's a margin of 97 to seven. 
<laughs> oh my god oh my that's even worse holy cow yeah uh, last year seven. last year was 45 zero and 2019 they didn't play during the pandemic year 2019 was 52 to 7 dear god so just two games. It took two games for it to be that much. That is ridiculous. It took two games for 57 to no, sorry, 97 to 7. A, a, an average margin of defeat of 45 points. That is ridiculous. That is insane. <laughs> In fairness, it was maybe the greatest college football defense ever, but also Yeah, oof. I mean that's fair, but yeah, it's, that's still brutal. <laughs> <laughs> the the least the the closest one of the bunch 2018 they only lost 45 21 in fairness <laughs> it was only 24 points and it right. looks like 14 of those points were in garbage time so it's, and, it's and even worse for their standards well that's still good for their standards no matter how bad it sounds it's still pretty good there's a there's a couple chances it looks like georgia tech georgia tech was winning the the all-time battle prior to 1992 georgia tech had more victories than georgia it's just since 1992 they have uh, gone 23 to 6 it looks like yes not great (laughs) yeah it's been brutal after that (laughs) yeah that's that's ridiculous though i mean that is insane how dominant i wish i wish they would they would find ways to make these rivalries more competitive in a way because it, I mean, it does kind of sucked and you know just look back and be like oh yeah this is the year this is the this is the week where we watch all the rivalry teams get just demolished by the ultimate superior big brother <laughs> so uh but at the same time i mean there are a few good rivalry games obviously the iron bulls legendary just different games like that are fun to go watch but uh, I, I still do think that uh, most of the rivalry games nowadays in college football just feel like blowouts is ready to happen. Yeah, a bunch of them are, but I think that's just because one program has, I think in college football now, the money has gotten to be such a discrepancy that like Georgia also spends a ridiculous ton more than Georgia Tech and like Oklahoma spends more than Oklahoma State. I know Oklahoma State's been pretty good for the last however many years, but you know, they the joke is always that they lose every year to Oklahoma. And I think it's just the, the, the difference in money is, is probably a big part of that, especially, um, you know, in, in programs where it's like a state school versus a tech school or like a state school versus a private school. I, I'm guessing that money is kind of the big difference in like the types of recruits that they're getting. Cause like even Ohio state to Michigan is like remarkable how Ohio state, even though they're both state schools, like Ohio state's athletic budget is like almost double Michigan's and Michigan still spends a lot of money on football. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, yeah, it, it just really is, I guess the, the amount of, you know, difference in pay, I think is a, is a big part of it, but I mean, I, there really is no way to fix it. Obviously you can't, you can't make another team better, another team worse. Without, breaking any rules well, the, obviously i was gonna say there is one solution you could pay the players and then negotiate a salary cap that that would be one way to do it right well that that would make sense obviously but that's gonna be a, a I, that's gonna be quite a while before that is even considered i think right now mm-hmm. at least uh because you know we're just entering in the beginning of the nil and everything like that but uh let's i mean i'm i'm, an, I'm hopeful that uh we, we do see like um uh, in, in the ways uh in the in the 
in how good teams can be. You know, I hope it's not like uh, an, an endless cap. If you're just a team like Texas A&M, you can have like 500 five stars. Like that just seems a little bit overkill to me. But at the same time, I mean, I, I'm not the one to judge. Obviously, they're just trying to make their program better. So I don't blame them. Uh, it's just a little annoying to, to, to see that every single year, just to know that, hey, uh, no matter how good your team was the previous season, you're probably not going to get any five-star recruits because they're all going to be going to Alabama, Texas A&M, or Georgia. <laughs> the interesting thing about it, though, is like no, no matter how many talented players you can get, like there's still a fundamental, like you have to be a stable program in order to succeed. Because like I know everyone's making the, up the fact that like Texas A&M is getting the number one recruiting class and they have this giant NIL program and they're like the face of that. And now, you know, Texas has like four or five stars and they got Arch Manning. So, you know, Texas is back, baby. But those schools have had giant athletic budgets and giant um, recruiting successes in the past, and it still hasn't translated to success. So I think there's still like a fundamental, like you have to have a stable program for it to work. And probably Texas A&M has that now where they can get to the top four or the top eight. Like we saw it in 2020 when they were like, what, the, the five or the six seed or whatever they were. So I, I guess maybe they're stable now, but those programs have always had the money and it just hasn't mattered in terms of like getting into the game. Like even when people were getting paid under the table in pre NIL world. No, yeah, that, that is fair, and uh, I feel like we do see that a lot um, in, in, in which, like, you know, teams will go all out to try to be good for one season, but there's always a cap no matter how good that team is. Like, no matter how good Kentucky was able to cap, I mean, that, that year that they had uh, Josh Allen, Benny Snell, obviously, I'm, I'm going to go back to Kentucky because that's just what I know yeah. best. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, that was the year that everyone was like, okay, this is, this is Kentucky's big year. This is the year that they're going to make it the furthest they ever could. I mean, and even then, I mean, Blown out to Georgia. You have no chance. I mean, it's just it's just Georgia, right? Like, there's always going to be a cat, no matter how good you can make your roster. So uh, that, that, that probably is the case for a lot of teams, which I would agree on, because there's just not a fundamental-based structure of success in those schools in, in the football terms. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like I feel like there should be a way to reverse that. We just, we just haven't really seen a team do it quite a long time. I guess we, we kind of saw Clemson do it, I guess, for a little bit, I think, because, you know, they were pretty – um, average program, and then of course they hit a big streak where they were really good with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that. Um, but uh, after after that, we kind of saw Clemson go back to being regular old Clemson again, and it feels like no one else has really stepped up and have, has become a powerhouse uh, again that isn't usually already a powerhouse, right? So um, it's interesting to see that. But uh, you know, hopefully we see some change and, and someone get better in the future. Yeah, the perfect combination is money and a well-run program. Like that's that's how you get Alabama, that's how you get Ohio State, that's how you get Georgia is like infinite amounts of money and competence running the organization. And then you have lots of money but totally incompetent, which is like Texas and Texas A&M and Florida State and Notre Dame and like all that stuff. I guess Notre Dame actually had some stability with Brian Kelly, but like for years they were defined by instability and you know, I guess that's kind of where the competitive advantage comes in. It's like Kentucky has really stable leadership and Kentucky d- took advantage of the transfer portal really well. Like not just Will Levis, but like they got all kinds of transfer players from other programs because they had stability and that was their competitive advantage to win 10 games and have the longest home winning streak in all of the, the SEC at one point, I think it was, but you know, it's it's interesting how that plays out. Uh, or I guess they had the longest consecutive conference winning streak in all of the SEC at one point. And 
I guess that's the stability that Mark Stoops brought you. And you gave him the greatest contract ever that says if he wins just seven games, he gets a one year extension for every year he wins seven games. So I think that's probably like the difference is money and stability is the perfect combination. Like you're going to lose to Georgia because Georgia just has the money and the stability while you guys have stability, but not the money. Right. Right. You're, you're totally right. And I mean, for Kentucky, I mean, seven wins in a season is, I mean, a victory, right? That's just how it is uh, nowadays in college football. That's what a lot of teams like Kentucky are just made to, to want, right? They're, they're not wanting anything above and beyond. They want a bowl game and they want to win the bowl game. That's a successful season for them. There's no, there's no really aspirations for the playoffs because in the back of our minds, we're all like, you know, no matter how good we're going to be, there's, it's just no, it's not going to happen, obviously, right? There's always going to be Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and teams like that who are always going to be making that instead, which sucks. But at the same time, it's just kind of one of those things you just have to accept as a Kentucky fan. It's just never going to happen. Um, I do know people who are like, you know, all Kentucky has to do is beat Georgia in a game and somehow perform pretty well in the SEC championship. They can go 11-1. and one. I'm like, listen. Listen, it's just not going to happen. Like, like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm a Kentucky fan. Just face the facts; it's not going to happen. It's just, it's just, you know, we're we're here, we're here to aim for a Citrus Bowl every year. You know, that that's that's Kentucky football now, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that was the joke I made about San Diego State for years. Is like the greatest pinnacle of the Mountain West is winning the Las Vegas Bowl. That is that is the ultimate prize that you are fighting for. And if you're Kentucky. Wasn't Kentucky like 17 point underdogs against Georgia last year? Like they were like eight and one or eight and two going into the Georgia yeah. game, and they were like still was, 17 point dogs. It was winner, winner was going to win the SEC East, basically. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was 17 point underdogs. That's how, that's how far Georgia is from the rest of the SEC East. Yeah, because now because now Georgia's playing the Alabama game of just spending infinite resources and having like fifty five person coaching staffs and all that stuff. Like Georgia's playing the Alabama. Obviously, they just won the national championship. Like Georgia's playing the Alabama game and running the SEC East. Yeah, yeah, that's it's pretty much. I mean, the, the West is going to be Alabama's. The East is going to be Georgia's. That we're just waiting for that to be the SEC championship game because anyone else is a shock, right? Unless you catch lightning in a bottle like Joe Burrow and the 2019 LSU Tigers, or uh, <laughs> unless like you're that. the greatest college football team ever, ever, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Unless you're the best team ever, it's not going to happen. Unless you have the the maybe the best quarterback to enter the NFL in the last five years, and for sure the two best wide receivers to enter the NFL in the last five years. If not for that, then you don't have a chance of beating Alabama. <laughs> and even then, it took them. It was. Even then it was tough. I mean, even then it wasn't a guarantee. Yeah. No, that game was close even even right up to the end. It was and like, that was a that was a bad Alabama team too. That was Alabama standards, that was not their best team, obviously. Yeah, because I think Tua like broke his hip like right before that game too. Right. If I remember that yep. year correctly. I think that was the yep. year Tua had the hip injury. Nope. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh that's crazy to see. That was I don't even remember who was playing that season. I think that was was that was that Jalen Hurst playing? Did Jalen Hurst take over for that team, or was that the year no? Because it was Mac Jones in the bowl game. I don't know who it was in the That's in between, right. but I know it was Mac That's Jones right. in the bowl game. It's probably Mac. It's probably Mac Jones then. So it was Mac Jones in his year in, in his first year before he ever you know became a pretty solid starting quarterback, uh, taking over to it. That's right, and he plays Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just you know, obviously it's. It takes Alabama to have a down year, basically, and, and LSU to have the best team they've ever had ever for them to be able to uh, make the SEC championship. 
Okay, I had the timeline off a little bit. So, so Tua did play in the LSU game, the one that was like 46 to 40 or whatever it was. Uh, Tua played in that game, and then the next week he got hurt. But yeah, it was Mac Jones who, uh, I, I, did they win or lose? I think they won that bowl game against Jim Harbaugh. It was like a, a citrus bowl or whatever it was against uh, Michigan or something. Yeah. I can't remember, but I want to say they won. I'm going to guess they won just because I feel like we'd talk about it more if Jim Harbaugh beat Alabama in a bowl game. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, I don't think the exact thing. Like that would, be, <laughs> that would be a huge signature win for Michigan, and we don't talk about that, so I feel like that would be big. Yeah, most people don't even remember that that was the case. But yeah, just like LSU's, but LSU's one of those programs that just spends infinite money too. Yeah, they won the Citrus Bowl by like 20 points. So yeah, they they won that game. But um, even even LSU is one of those programs that spends a ton of money. Their problem is that they've just had instability for the last 10 years with still winning two championships. It's just less Miles and Ed Orgeron were just very bad coaching hires and they still won national championships. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That, that that definitely still. I mean, you definitely have um, you definitely have like more of an advantage. I think uh, as a, uh, of course, being a um, team that spends a lot more, like how being like rich does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It definitely helps. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it it helps. LSU and well, LSU and Texas and Texas A and M are like we we can do, we can spend as much money and somehow it still doesn't buy us stability. I mean USC tried to do it also for a little bit, I guess, but USC's back in the game again. Trying to we've talked about USC before. You mentioned Clemson um, earlier, and I've talked before about how I feel like that was like a flash in the pan. Like Clemson won two national championships, and it was this amazing like lightning in a bottle type of run what do you make of what clemson is now like whatever the current concoction of clemson is because i think they're ranked like sixth in preseason polls so like they're going to be back in the college football playoff conversation after like last year was awful for them but what do you make of like everything that clemson is or is not at this point yeah it it feels like to me clemson is just what Dabo sweeney makes them um I, i think at the end of the day i mean this this is a, a this is a, a football team. I think you know wouldn't be wouldn't be going places they were if had it not been for Davo Sweeney. Obviously, he's the kind of the guy that's kind of spearheaded and, and put Clemson into the college football playoff conversations most of these years. I think so. I think as long as Davo Sweeney's there, there's always a conversation to be made about whether or not they're talented enough to, enough to be there. At the same time, um, you can clearly tell that I think they they definitely got. I, I wouldn't say bailed out, but they definitely got pretty lucky getting two generational quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, who really carried their teams. Uh, and the struggle right now is to find whether or not they can find another team like that uh, in, in or another player like that. Obviously, DJ Ungulele hasn't worked out. They haven't really found many other quarterbacks that have been uh, good enough to you know really write home about to replace him at all. Um, so I, I think you, know, you, you do ask the question of whether or not they have the quarterback to help carry them to be that uh, next best, uh, next great team, obviously. I think that's what, you know, Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence were the, the reasons why, uh, along with Davos Sweeney, obviously, the reasons why they were so good. They had great players in the defense as well, but they were uh, overall, I mean, it was, it was a quarterback that was pushing them to the next level. And until they have another guy like that, I'm not going to bet on them to. Um, do I think they should be the sixth ranked team in the, in the country next year? No, I think they are being a bit overrated. I think people are giving a lot of credit to Clemson and Debo Sweeney early on right now because of uh, the, the five-star recruits they have and everything we've seen. But at the same time, I mean, I haven't seen anything to really confirm the idea that, hey, this is a legit team that we should be working 
you know, looking at being a college football playoff contender next year. I, I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, and until I do, I'm not going to be calling this team a top, even top 10 team in the country right now. I, I just can't do that just now. I, I see the roster on paper. I think it is promising, but um, I, you know, I, I wasn't very impressed with DJ Ungulele last year. It looked pretty rough overall. Um, there's a lot of injuries to that team, a lot of players that didn't perform to the standards we thought they could be. Uh, there was just an overall Clemson team that was performing below what everyone thought they should. And until I see them improve on that, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be betting on them. Isn't the argument that people can make, though, that they're still the best team in the ACC and like maybe they'll lose one game in the regular season, but they'll probably go 12 and one and win the ACC title. And so like by default, they'll make the college football playoff. I mean, it, it depends on how much credit the committee gives them. Um, I, I think it is possible they drop a game or two in the ACC. I'm not going to lead off the idea of that happening. I mean, I hate to say this because you're going to laugh. But, I mean, there are teams still in the ACC like Wake Forest who are still going to be pretty solid teams who are going to be contending in the ACC. Now, I'm not saying Wake Forest is going to be a better team than Clemson next year. Probably not. But they still have a very solid team and a very, very good stable scheme on offense, at least, that has been able to allow them to be contenders. And I do, I do think there's, there's going to be, of course, other solid teams next year in the ACC as well. They might overperform to our standards. But uh, at the same time, I mean, yeah, I do think Clemson's probably the best team in the ACC. Uh, I do think that they will be up there if they do win the ACC. But as a whole, the ACC is just a weaker conference than what it has been in the past, obviously. So we aren't seeing as many great teams around uh, that can really um, contend against the, uh, the Clemson teams. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if this was um, if this was even a, a Texas A&M school that was there, you know, that would be a, a better argument to say to win the division than a team like Clemson would be. But uh, at the same time, I, I think that it definitely benefits them that this is a very poor ACC conference right now. Uh, but I do think that even then there still are chances that they can be upset and chances that even if they win 11, 10 games, that they still might not make the playoffs. There is one game that I feel like we could pencil in as like a possible loss is that they have to play at Notre Dame this year. Yeah. So I feel like that's yeah. one that they could drop. And then obviously there's upsets all in there. Like they could lose to NC state like they did last year or at Florida state or, or they play Miami at home or, uh, who else is on here at Boston college, or like you said, at wake forest, like maybe those are ones that they drop one of them and then they have two losses, but I, I guess I just give them credit because the ACC sucks. Uh, also, you mentioned a great point, which is like, how crazy is it that like three, the, maybe the three most talented quarterback prospects of the last like five years in college football or like seven years in college football were all born within like a 30 mile radius of the Georgia campus and Georgia won a national championship with none of them. They have Deshaun Watson's from Atlanta, uh, Trevor Lawrence and, uh, and Justin Fields and Justin Fields is obviously at Georgia for a year, but like Georgia won a championship with Jake Fromm and, or went to a national championship with Jake Fromm and won a national championship with Stetson Bennett. Bennett. (laughs) Yep. Who needs Justin Fields whenever you have the mailman, right? You don't need them. He's coming back again. It's so stupid. He's going to be the quarterback again next year. I it's just Kirby, you're not going to be able to get away with it again. It's it's not uh, it's I can't believe it. It's so silly. It's so silly. But it doesn't matter. Georgia's got so much money that they'll they'll build a giant defense and win with Stetson Bennett. The the yeah. Stetson Bennett car dealership. Yeah, they they still have two of the top defensive prospects next year's draft, by the way. Like not even close. Like so and they're gonna be there for their defense again no matter what. Uh it's kind of funny. But uh 
I mean, uh, this, uh, you know, in terms of college football next season, I mean, it's way too early to start talking about it. But it does, it does give me the feeling this is another one of those years where it's just Alabama's championship to lose. So, uh, and, and Georgia might be the second team there if it's not Alabama. So it's going to be one of those two teams I feel like at the end of the season. All right, Maybe Ohio to- State. I should, I should, I should say Ohio State as well. One of those three. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. We just yep. we we traded out Clemson and we slid in Georgia. It's like Clemson down, Georgia up. That's that's how yep. the, that's the trade we made right there. Yep. Uh, who else is it going to be? Who's going to be the random third team? Is it going to be Notre Dame? Is it going to be Texas A and M? Is it going to be I don't know? Auburn's going to fire their coach, so not Auburn. Uh, is it going to be a Pac twelve team? Is USC going to make it as the last team? Is it a Big Twelve team? You know, it's just who's the random fourth team this year who gets to be slaughtered in the college football playoff? Right. Yeah. It, it's going to be the team that's going to be just absolutely destroyed. Um, you know, I don't think Cincinnati is going to be doing another big year this year. They lost a lot of talent last year, obviously. Um, probably won't be another SC team. You know, it, it really is a good possibility that Clemson could be that fourth team. Uh, I'm not going to bet on it just yet, but it is a possibility. Um, one of those Big 12 teams, I'm, I'm honestly, I haven't even really studied the rosters enough to really know which Big 12 team is going to be good next year. But I mean, I'm sure we're going to have like another Oklahoma State or Baylor team that's going to be really good next <laughs> season, maybe in Iowa State as a great year i don't know something like that i would probably say one of those teams probably uh, or find a way to sneak into the playoff maybe maybe penn state or, or usc like our beloved usc who's just going to spend a hundred million dollars and True. buy themselves a college there football playoff there you go there you go usc usc can be our fourth yeah I, I, listen we both kind of agree that we're kind of rooting for usc this year right we want, we want a little to watch bit them. we want to see yeah i want to see caleb williams and jordan addison play in the playoffs that would that's going to be fun That'll be fun TV. We're going to see CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba. We're going to see Bryce Young and that insane offense uh, with Jameer Gibbs and guys like that, of course. Will Anderson, of course, the insane edge rusher is probably going to be the best prospect in the draft next year. Uh, and then we get to see Georgia, of course, with the mailman and the stack Georgia defense, obviously. Uh, and then, of course, we get to see uh, Caleb Williams and uh, – and, um, Jordan Addison. That'll be that'll be a lot a lot of fun to watch. That I'll be rooting for that. Yeah, yeah, Clemson and USC are basically like both. We can we can win eleven games and win our conference title and sneak in as the fourth seed, and then like USC is going to lose to like Washington State, and Clemson's going to lose to Virginia Tech, and it's going to be like ah shit. Now what do we do? <laughs> okay, right. Penn State. Congrats, you. Congrats, Penn State. You win. You win the lottery this year. Right. <laughs> yep. It's going to be one of those teams we just get the the uh, uh, benefit of the doubt and just give it to them, basically. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's going to be one of those teams um, for sure. Uh, I definitely feel like um, looking going into it though. I mean, USC uh, if, if they're the four seed, they're they're going to be having a a big problem with probably Alabama, and <laughs> that would be be a fun <laughs> game to watch. But do I think they have a chance? Not really. As if this wasn't the most July 1st content we could possibly do to close out the show today, we are bringing back one of our classic games that we play here on this podcast. And it's not who he play for. I have, I'm concocting who he play for. I've spent months coming up with this game. I need to stump you like I stumped you last year because who is the center who you, who's going to haunt your dreams and nightmares for the rest of time? Oh, God, Justin Britt. Yep, Justin Britt is going to haunt your I dreams even, I, forever. I don't even forget his name. That's how bad it was. I knew you'd remember right away. It was Justin Britt. It was down to the Raiders and the Texans, and that was that was the entire game. 
That was the entire who he played for last year. Anyways, so this is a different game that we played last year that we're bringing back. It is name that stadium where we ask Blake Jude to name the ever-changing capitalism sponsors of different sports stadiums. I'm going to be horrible at this. <laughs> one of our favorite games. Now, I'm changing up the rules this year. We used to do multiple choice, but this year I'm going to give you a batch of easier names, but you have to name them straight up. Now, we have a list of 10 names here on this list, similar to how we do who he played for. I have 10 stadiums here, and you are permitted three hints during the entire game. Each, each one has its own individual hint, you get three hints you can use during the entire game that will help you hopefully give easier ways to solve each of these questions. So how are you feeling about playing name that stadium? Terrible, but what sport would this be? And this is all sports. So on this list, we have two baseball stadiums. Okay. Uh, Oh, sorry. Wait, we have, two baseball stadiums, one basketball stadium, and seven NFL stadiums. Okay, so say that again. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. <laughs> All right, so we have seven football stadiums, two baseball okay. stadiums, and one basketball stadium. Okay, okay. I, I'm, I, feel, I feel more confident getting football stadiums at least because I do know quite Plus, a bit of those. We also have a bonus one at the end, which is one of the, I went back to last year's podcast. One of the ones that we asked you last year that you got correct. And we'll see if you get it right this year. Oh, if I, no. <laughs> I had to be, I had to be cruel at the end of this. So we'll see what happens at the end there, but it's mostly football stadiums, mostly football stadiums here on this game. But again, okay. you get three hints during the entire game and you got to name them straight up. So some of these I'm sure you will know because they've been similar forever. Some will be different. Some will be new. Some will be old. Sponsors change all the time. And that's the point of playing this game is that the sponsors are ever changing on this ridiculous stadium name game. So (laughs) the first name of a stadium we have here is the Minnesota Vikings. What is the name of the Minnesota Vikings stadium? Okay. My manager at Walmart, ironically, is a major Minnesota Vikings fan. So I do know this one. This is U.S. Bank Stadium. That is correct. The stadium that hosted the Super Bowl in what so, year? <laughs> oh, God. Don't, yeah, I have no clue. Uh, was it recent? Yeah, because the stadium is only like seven years old. It was, the, yeah, right. yeah, it was the it was the Nick Foles Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. So what, four years ago? Uh, ironically enough, uh, my shout out to my manager at Walmart. She's actually getting married. In Vikings gear, I think, and, and they're going to they're going to U.S. So this is actually funny. We actually had a conversation about this a couple of days ago. She's getting married in front of U.S. Bank Stadium in Vikings gear, and their their uh, their priest is going to be a referee. I think it's the plan for them. Uh, it's going to be a very small reception, apparently. But yeah, yeah, seriously, straight out. That's that's hilarious that, that we brought it up because that's the only reason why I know it because I I wouldn't be sure otherwise. Really, the Vikings. The Vikings is the team she wants to do that for. Really, that's, that's a great question as to why she likes them. I want to say maybe it's her fiance who's from Minnesota, or one of them's from Minnesota. I can't remember exactly who it is, but 
uh, I, I, I do know that one of them is a huge Vikings fan. The other one just started to like him as well. I know they're both major Vikings fans. He goes to games every year. So, yeah, it's re- it's random team to like. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, hey, respect to them. I mean, <laughs> but also, it. like, it's it's the Vikings. Like, the Vikings, if not for the existence of the Lions, the Vikings would be, like, the worst team <laughs> of the last 20 years in the NFL. Right. <laughs> I guess Washington also exists. But, like, the Vikings are up there. Like, I, I joke all the time that 12 NFC teams have made the Super Bowl in the last 15 years and two different 49ers teams made it. So it's kind of like 13 and 15 years. And somehow one of those wasn't the Vikings. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I guess. Okay. That's a really fun story. I just wanted See, I, to make I, Vikings I like, jokes, yeah. but it's really cool. I, I, I like to I like to tell stories along with my answers so you know how I know them because there there's absolutely like I, I don't look at the stadiums and just like rememorize them obviously. <laughs> like I might see a few from like on TV and stuff like that that I will remember obviously. Like a lot of the uh, a lot of the um stadiums that host the Super Bowls, obviously. I'll I'll remember those and things like that. But uh uh and it, but at the same time, like uh a lot of them are just weird coincidences like that. Like this is like the only reason why I know would be because of uh, my manager and the fact that she's getting married literally in front of it in a couple months, like literally like right there. And I'm like, okay, that's random, but okay, <laughs> that's cool. Next up we have the Las Vegas Raiders. What is the name of the Las Vegas Raiders stadium? Oh, you were just in Las Vegas. I was, I was just there. Oh, no. It is the stadium that looks like an Amazon echo. this one but i don't know the answer i literally just solid it's not it's not caesar's stadium i might have to go with a hint here i literally just saw the stadium a couple months ago oh my god all right give me a hint i don't remember so it has the phrase giant in it it's blank it's three four letters before it giant stadium and it's okay so you're saying it's two words one no it's it's one word it starts with an a oh and it it ends in giant yes allegiant yes you got it it is allegiant stadium i forgot that was the raiders stadium i thought that was the rams Ooh, I mean, this wasn't on the list, but what is the name of the Rams stadium? Okay, well, now I don't remember because I thought this was the one that they played in the Super Bowl that they played in Allegiant Stadium. No, the Super Bowl in two years will be at Allegiant Stadium, but no, the Rams stadium that's, that's is... right. I'm adding this. I'm, I'm, at, I'm audibling this in. What's the name of the that's Los cruel. Angeles football stadium? Audibling that's this in. Cruel. What's, what's the name of the Los Angeles stadium? This is two <laughs> NFL teams here. This is two NFL yeah. teams. Yeah, I should get this one. Technically one and a half. The Chargers are half a football team, but one and a half football teams. Cool. It's a nice stadium. It's brand new, though. I think it's a new sponsor. Mm-hmm. That, the, I mean, technically the Raiders one is also brand new. Oh. I have no clue. The, the Man, Los Angeles. I really thought it was Allegiant. I thought it was Allegiant. I, I was so ready to. Okay, 
I, I get it mixed up because I, I do know that they're both close together. They both have lost in front of them. I thought the Rams and um, I thought the Rams and the Chargers had the Allegiant Stadium, and I thought it was the Raiders had a different one. Um, but I guess I got them backwards. Uh, you also you said it's close, but like Cleveland to West Virginia is about the same distance from from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. <laughs> fair, but yeah, but at the same time, like from my perspective, they're both like you know, of course, yeah. like the entire the West, apart, the West, right? yeah, Las Vegas is on the West Coast, yeah, sure. Las Vegas is touching the Pacific Ocean in your mind. Right. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you think West Virginia is close to Cleveland. It's kind of the same way here. Like, you know, I, I, I thought, I thought Vegas West Virginia was, was Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, of course. Yeah. So, um, oh, I really don't remember. Um, this is brutal. I thought I was so confident I can get this one too. I don't know if I want to waste a guess or a room or a, 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 another uh, hint because I, I don't think I would have got the Raiders. One no, it's okay. Night. I ad lib this one in. It is SoFi Stadium. SoFi. Gotcha. Okay. I, I remember that. Okay. Okay. I got you. SoFi Stadium. Had to <laughs> ad lib that in there. Next one All we right, have literally, on the literally, list. Literally watched, the, watched that game Super Bowl. You know, of course, as a Bengals fan, I couldn't remember the stadium, but we can we can ignore that. Well, you just thought you were watching it in Las Vegas. That's all. Right. I, yeah, exactly. That's what I'll blame it on. Yeah, you thought you were watching the Super Bowl from the Amazon Echo Stadium in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas. Uh, next up, we have the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> oh, God. No the Carolina Panthers Stadium. There's literally no chance. Um, you couldn't have given me like Titans or the Browns or someone we like that. Like, we did Titans last year. We did Titans last year. Yeah. Okay. You got it without yeah. even needing a hint. Yeah. Shout out Nissan Stadium. Remember that? Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, I, I've been there around Nashville a lot, so I do know that, of course. I know, of course, the Steelers and things like that. So. At least it wasn't a jar. Yeah. At least I didn't pick like Buffalo. You would have had no chance at Buffalo. Like, I at least picked moderately easy ones. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm still not too sure if I consider the Panthers easy or not because I have no clue. Um, In fairness, there hasn't been much of a reason to watch Panthers games the last four years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty small stadium, too, um, I want to say. So, uh, <laughs> not going to lie, I have no clue. I might, I might just go with another hint. It is a bank that is famous for being based out of Charlotte. A bank. Is it First Energy Bank? First Energy is the Brown Stadium. Okay, First okay, Energy okay. is an okay. energy company. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. My fault. My fault. My fault. It's a, it's a relatively famous bank. It's one of the like four biggest banks in America. Okay. Four biggest banks. Okay, but it's not U.S. Bank, obviously, because that's the Vikings. I don't know why I was thinking First Energy Bank. I feel like I remember that being called a bank. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, First Energy, I think, is like a, an electricity company. I'm not that'd sure. be right. That'd be right. Um, I get these all mixed up, though, because I, because I know some of them are stadiums. So I, I remember them in my head, but I don't remember which ones are which. Uh, uh, I don't know what bank companies are out of Charlotte, the problem. 
Well, um, it's one of the four or five most famous banks. So just start listing banks in your head and see if one of them kind of clicks. Yeah. So I think of like Truist Bank. I don't know if that's is it. Maybe it's BB and T. Like Truist. I know they're both kind of big, but I don't know if they have stadiums. That is interesting because Truist only exists in like the Midwest and the, and the Southeast. So that that is interesting that that would be the one because I know what it is because it's it's there's a couple of them out there, but you can't yeah. like find those in California. California, okay. Um, uh, uh, is it Capital One? I don't know if they're considered. I don't know. If Capital, Capital One's, One's a credit a card company. Credit card, yeah, but I don't know if yeah, I don't know if they're like a bank company too. Okay. Um, See, Here, I'll is, add. Make me. You're making me list bank companies now. And I, I'll, I I'll add a no hint to it. Also, company. the word bank is in the name. In okay, it's in, it's in the name. Okay. Um, that's also part of your hint. That's not an extra hint. The word bank is in the name of the stadium. I don't know. I'm going to get this one because I really don't know bank companies that well. Because I, I know that I have Truist and PBNT. That's why I, I say them. Um, yeah. Jeez. Uh, um. Oh, I know. Uh, I guess. Um. Is uh Wells Fargo a bank company? But I don't know if they have a stadium. Wells Fargo uh, is a bank company. Yes, they are one of the five most famous banks in America. Okay, that's good. I'm proud of myself for at least getting two banks. Yeah, um, they're, they're, I, I like to imagine there's someone on the other end of the screen right now just yelling at their at their phone right now. Just yelling at the phone. There probably is. But, but, like, but like, you know, I'm, I'm 20 years old. I mean, I, I have Truist Bank. You know, I really don't need to know about the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, and you know what's funny? I have a friend that lives in Craig, Carolina, too, and he would be very upset with me right now. Um, uh, and I don't know what the other banks would be. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to give up, but I don't. Like, I genuinely have no clue. That's okay. The, uh, the answer is Bank of America Stadium. Bank of America, gotcha. Do you know? Thinking, have you heard of Bank of America before? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming I probably have, but I definitely didn't know that was their stadium. Huh. Interesting. I, interesting. I, it definitely isn't big around here, at least. I know a lot of the banks here, of course, are local, and then there's Truth and BB&T, which is around here a little bit. And then I guess PNC, too, but I don't think they're based out of Charlotte. No, I think PNC is based out of, like, the Pittsburgh area. That's interesting because, yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. The ones that are like national banks that I think of are like everywhere, like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, um, maybe Union Bank, U.S. Bank, obviously. Um, those are just yeah. the ones I think of that are like the ones that are everywhere. Like any city you go to will, will have one of those. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure if I've uh, maybe maybe I'm just haven't paid attention, but I don't know if maybe. I really recognize seeing them around, but I could be crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, then I, I'll pr- I'll cut this one out because we did the bank one. Do you know the name of the Baltimore Ravens stadium? Uh, oh my God, I should. I should. Is it another bank? Yeah, but it's a small bank, one that I've never heard of before. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I should definitely know this one because I know. Okay, I now know the, the Browns, of course. I know the Steelers. I know a couple of these. The Ravens are the one division I'm not too sure of. Um, 
<sighs> Man, I don't remember it either. All this is crazy. You literally hear the names of them all the time, but you just don't even pay attention to them. I feel like you're going to get the Ravens one as soon as you get it. Also, playing Madden a lot helped me learn the names of stadiums because they always announced oh, it. At fair. This... fair. Yeah, that's true. Um, I should know the Ravens one, but I, this is not coming up to my head right now. Um, the Ravens play at M&T Bank Stadium. M&T, that's right. Yeah, I do remember that one. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Next up, we have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'm pretty sure I do know this one. This is Caesars Stadium, yeah. right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it used okay. to be the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, not to be confused with Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which was hilarious because the bitter rival Saints and Falcons used to have the same sponsor. But yes, it is the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. Superdome. That's okay. All right, I'm proud of myself at least getting one of those. Yes, we're walking away three for six right now. Three for six. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Next up, we have the Miami Dolphins. Where do the Miami Dolphins play? Uh, that's Hard Rock, right? Yep, Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Let's Miami go. Dolphins. Let's go. I need that one too. Look nice. Technically, if we ad lib in the 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 SoFi slash Ravens, those are also together. But that's all the football stadiums that I had. That's all of the football ones. Now we get into basketball. (laughs) One basketball one I have for you. Where do the Dallas Mavericks play? Oh, no. Uh, You couldn't give me like the Warriors or something. <laughs> it was either them or Portland. Oh, so you're muted. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, let me think. I guess I have one more hint, right? Yes, you do. Let's do, let's do another hint for the Mavericks. I, I don't know if I'd get them immediately for sure. It's the same sponsor as the old Miami Heat Arena. Oh, Okay, hold on. Uh, this one, I, I should know these then. Um, old Miami Heat. It's technically the same arena, just Miami changed sponsors a couple of years ago. Right. Well, I do remember the, I don't, I'm trying to think if I'm thinking of a, a past one. Um, what, what was the old Miami Heat stadium name? Oh man, was it the same stadium name? Like, did they have the exact same name? They had the ex- well. One was called Arena, one was called uh, Stadium. But yes, they okay, had the okay. same name. American Airlines Arena was one of them. So I'm assuming now it would be American Airlines Stadium. Yeah, it might be called American Airlines Arena now. Now that Miami's not called that anymore, but yes, it is American Airlines Arena. Okay, because I was okay. Yeah, I, that's, that's okay. All right. Right. Well, that, that one's only because I'm a Miami Heat fan. <laughs> so that was because they had that. They had, that was a stadium back whenever LeBron played with them, I believe. Yep, you are arena. correct. So, yeah. Sometimes now it's crypto. I think is sponsoring the Miami Arena. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. The uh, you, you got it correct. The Miami Heat are uh, your. I'm pretty sure right. we, we last time we did it. I'm pretty sure last time we did it, you gave me the new Miami Heat one, and I couldn't remember it, and I was very upset. 
I think that. you're correct. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, sure. I root for this team. I know this. I'm like, Nope. Yeah. They changed well, their then, name. I knew, yeah. I knew, I knew in the past it was American airlines and I'm pretty sure that was my answer. And I'm pretty sure you said I was wrong. And I was like, Oh, what? There's a new one. All right. We gotta get these two baseball stadiums and yeah, you're batting above 500, which is usually always the goal with this game. Yeah. First one, the San Francisco giants. Oh no. Um, I definitely don't know this one. <sighs> okay. I know they're all parks. Um, <laughs> That's all I know. It's a good start. Uh, You've got the park. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's a park. Um, (sighs) I feel like it's sponsored by something. I just don't know what it what it is exactly. Um, Used to be AT and T Park. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not AT and T Park anymore, though. Um. You know what's crazy? I can, I, I'm thinking on top of my head right now. I could only name maybe five ballparks in the MLB right now. That's crazy. Interesting. I mean, you could probably get a couple more if you had to. Maybe, but I feel like I should get this one. This one's. I feel like this one's well known, and I'm just not thinking of it right now. It's well known for oh. a different reason than you think it would be. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. It's confusing. <laughs> yes, um, it was a little confusing. But I'm man. just trying to help you because you don't know it. <laughs> right. Um, man, I, I don't know any of the parts. That's okay. The there's Giants. A couple, there's a couple oh. of, okay, there's a couple of them that I know, I just don't know where they're at. <laughs> Which one is and Chase? So, <laughs> Right, yeah, like I can do, I can just like name parks, like I, I, I know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure half of them aren't even like the right ones. Like, um, I know like uh, uh, Minute Maid Park is one of them. I don't know where that's at though. Um, I know a couple of them are based off their own team names. I know that, so I don't. But I don't think it's Giants Park. Um, I no, this game is... wouldn't be fun if they were just named after the teams. The point is that they're ridiculously obscure sponsors. Right. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I know I know. Truist Park is the Braves because I had Truist and I watched the, the Braves because I don't like them. Uh, I know that <laughs> Citizens Bank Park's the Phillies because I used to be a Phillies fan. I just kind of kept up with them a little bit ever since, ever since then for some reason. I know... Uh, uh, of course, I know Fenway, obviously. Legendary. Um, I know like Wrigley. Dodger Stadium. I yeah, know Wrigley. Yeah, I know PNC. I know um, Petco is the Padres one, I think. Nice. You got it. Yeah. Uh, I have no clue who the Giants one is. Uh, it's that's brutal. Okay. The, the Giants is Oracle Park. Or That's right. That's right. I should have got that one. It used that, to be one of the, the best old. Stadiums, mm-hmm. Aren't they? I like the stadium. I've been there now, I guess, two or three times. I guess three times, but I've been there. It's it's a nice stadium. It's a nice stadium to watch a baseball game at. Yeah, that's brutal. Okay, yeah. Disappointed, but... Bonus bonus question here. I'll give you multiple choice. Which one is Minute Maid Park? Is it Texas, Houston, or Tampa Bay? Houston. 
Yep, you got it. Let's go. Okay, yeah. I'm proud yeah. of that. Houston is as, at least as as far as I know. Maybe the name has changed in the time since, but I I think it's yeah. still the 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 name of the Houston. Yeah, it's still Minute Maid Park. Okay, it's still Minute Maid yep. Park. Let's go. Okay, last one. What is the name of the Oakland Coliseum? What is the name of the Oakland Coliseum? What is the, yes, it's not called the Oakland Coliseum. It's called something oh. else. Oh, okay. I was like, I, I, I thought you just told me the name. I was like, no, uh, it's the Oakland Coliseum, which obviously now only hosts the A's, which I've been watching a shit ton. In fairness, I don't know if I would have gotten this one correct like two weeks ago, but apparently it's not called the Oakland Coliseum anymore. Well, there's like a 0% chance I'll get it then because I thought it was the Oakland Coliseum. Um, it's like, I don't know, maybe like athletics field or something. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this would have been a good one to have a hint uh, because I would have uh, given you a phone as a hint, but it is the Ring Central Coliseum. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Never would have got I'd- that ever. I don't even know if Ring Central is related to phones or not. I, I just That's a horrible name. Ring Central. It is Okay, it is a cloud-based communicate. Okay, it is a communication service. Okay. You message phone, video phone. Okay, so they are a communication, but I would have given you that like a ring. Uh yeah. The so what, are they, like, we, hmm? what? 4 out of 10, 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10, 5 and a half out I'm, of 10. Hey, I'm proud. I'm proud. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, because of my know for just random reasons, but yeah, I mean, hey, that's I okay. I, I tried to do football. This was a harder one because we didn't do multiple choice this time. This is this right. is a little bit of a harder game. The last one we're going to give you is one that uh, we played this. We we gave this one last year, and you got it right. Let's see if you get it right this oh, year. No, what is <laughs> the name of the Seattle Seahawks stadium? I do know this one, I think. Oh, man. I, I don't know. Okay, now I'm second guessing. Okay, home of the 12th man. Oh, it's Lumen Field, right? Yeah, you it's, got it. It's like Lambo. No, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Lumen okay. Field. Okay, okay, okay. Not okay. to be confused previously with CenturyLink Field, not to be confused yes. with Quest Field. Yes, okay, yep. Because I remember, okay, I remember doing that one last year too. I do remember that one last year. Yep, that's why you got it. Okay, they've had like three names in nine years. So home of the twelfth man. Yeah, yeah, but they, they, yeah, they change it all the time, and it's always big news whenever it happens. They're always like, oh, yeah, but it's change for fuel. <laughs> but it's not the twelfth man anymore because Colt McCoy and Alfred Morris won a road game there, so now it's Colt McCoy's home. It's Colt McCoy right. belongs to Colt McCoy and Alfred right. Morris. <laughs> yeah, Colt McCoy's <laughs> Century field, yeah. CenturyLink Field was the Beastquake with Marshawn Lynch, and now Lumen Field yep. is Colt McCoy and Alfred Morris. I like it. We can go with it. Yeah. <laughs>